At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. From KUNC and the NPR Network, this is In the NOCO, a daily slice of Northern Colorado news and happenings. It's Tuesday, December 26th. I'm Erin O'Toole. Much of what we understand about Elijah McClain, who died after a violent encounter with Aurora police in 2019, is thanks to people like Candace Bailey. The Aurora activist led many of the protests that introduced people to McLean, a 23-year-old Black man described by friends and family as gentle, creative, and a free spirit. Her work helped people honor McLean's life and examine the practices of Aurora police and paramedics that led to his death. That work has come at a personal cost, but Bailey remains undaunted. It will take all of us to get up to make the changes that we seek but it will take one of us just to have the courage to step forward and tell someone what we are actually seeking. In the NOCO's Robin Vincent spoke with Bailey in October. It was just after jurors delivered a split verdict for two of the officers facing charges for his death. So you've worked hard to raise awareness about the killing of Elijah McLean at the hands of Aurora police and paramedics who've been on trial for his death. Now, before we discuss the latest with that, I want to acknowledge, if we could, the personal toll of fighting this fight. For you as a Black woman, as a mother, as a Coloradan, as a human, would you talk about what that's been like? Yeah, first, uh, let me just say I really appreciate that I wasn't there alone. You know, I had an entire community there with me, my husband, My children were cheering me on, my ancestors, my friends, my extended family. And so the impact was very deep. I am not the same person I was prior to Elijah McClain. I don't know how anyone could potentially be, um, but especially when you're so close and you are talking about it every day. You are looking at video every day. You're investigating, um, you're planning, you're you're making actions so that people don't forget and that they do join in the fight. It has had a profound effect on my life. I was very depressed for a while. I struggled with that. I was anxious for a while. I was nervous about people who were following me. I had received more than 70 death threats Um, And that was very serious. My family was very worried. It changed the way that we operate in the world because of the death threats that I have received. But it also has been the fuel to my fire. It has enabled me to look outside of myself and know that everything that I touch is bigger than me. Hmm. Let's shift, if we may, to the Aurora police and paramedics who have faced or will face trial for the death of Elijah McClain. Jurors recently delivered the verdict for two of the police officers. They found Randy Rodima guilty of criminally negligent homicide and third-degree assault. 
he faces up to three years in prison on the homicide charge. And jurors found the other officer, Jason Rosenblatt, not guilty on all charges. How did you feel when jurors reached these verdicts? I felt gutted on so many levels because I knew what the potential sentencing ranges were for both crimes, all the crimes that they were charged with. So the miscarriage of justice happened way before this for me. And it just kept being like a new bullet wound, a new bullet wound, a deeper cut. So when the one guilty verdict comes out, I remember the feeling of, I'm glad that he was found guilty, right? But also knowing what that meant. I guess I did a contrast and comparison in my own case um, from 1999. I was charged with attempted murder in 1999. And not one person had been struck with a bullet, had been hit, had been physically harmed. I was looking at life in prison. 48 years in the state of Colorado. And there wasn't someone who had been shot, who laid in a hospital. There wasn't someone who was fighting for their life. And I reflected on that moment very seriously. I would later be sentenced to a two-year term in prison. And I would end up doing three years in the penitentiary. However, there was nothing that I faced that either of these officers faced. And Elijah McLean is not here to come testify against them. Hmm. So in your eyes, the charges that defendants have faced reflect a much deeper problem when it comes to systemic racism and police accountability. Now, Colorado has been at the forefront of police reform with the legislation it passed after the murder of George Floyd. I realize you fought for that measure, and police reform continues to be a big part of your focus. What else do you think needs to happen to prevent another death like Elijah McLean's? When I've thought about police reform, and I've thought about the unconstitutional use of force, I've thought about the fact that Colorado, Aurora, is really a microcosm of the nation. And it speaks so deeply to how sick and how deeply entrenched white supremacy is in every aspect of our life. If in Colorado, we are a mere, I think 5% Black people in the state of Colorado at this point, right? How is it that we are the demographic that is most likely to die in a police interaction? How is it that we are being over-sentenced? We will get three times that of our white counterpart. How is it that we are more likely to die giving birth to a child as a Black woman? How is it that we are more likely and more likely and more likely and and the things just keep stacking? Our children will be taken as we begin to unravel all of this systemic oppression and white supremacy. I just wonder how much more has to unravel for people to care that I am not three-fifths a human being, that my life does matter, that I can make a mistake and I'm not the worst thing that I've ever done. But unless or until we will deal with the historical facts of what has happened in this nation. We will never be able to move forward. People always say, get to the root of the issue. Well, I worked for a landsman for a long time. And a landsman is someone who comes out and assesses the soil because you see the root of any plant also does something to the dirt. We've got to dig into the dirt and we've got to uproot that tree. And we've got to figure out what do we grow 
to be prosperous together in order to get white supremacy out of the very soil that we stand on every day. Let me ask you, Candace Bailey, what are you seeing, if anything, in the realm of this work, fighting for racial justice and police accountability, that gives you hope? I think it's that there are a few of us who just won't give up. Somebody said to me, you just need to sit down, you need to rest. And I said, no, this is fuel to my fire. This is my why. Because for every time that I have attempted to do the right thing, the wrong thing has come and punched me in the face. And as long as that is the cycle, I will continue to fight. My hope is my children, my granddaughter, other people's children, my village, because I know that tomorrow for them can be different than yesterday was for me. That was Aurora activist Candace Bailey speaking with our executive producer, Robin Vincent. Stay tuned in the coming weeks as we talk with more people pushing for change in Colorado. That's it for us today here on In the NoCo. I'm your host, Erin O'Toole. We'll be back tomorrow with more of our favorite episodes from this past year.